Alrighty, welcome back everybody to the Pop Anime Comics Lounge, where I have with me professional wrestler Casey Cattell, who has wrestled for Northeast Wrestling, created a pro wrestling academy, women's wrestling revolution, women's superstars uncensored, and combat zone wrestling, and she's wearing the shirt for those who can't see, so that's a few of the places you have wrestled, so thank yeah. you for being on the show. Surely, thank you for having me today. Now, I am super excited. I saw you last week in Nova, which we're going to talk about towards the end, but oh. you are still relatively new to the wrestling scene as you've been wrestling for about three maybe three and a half years at this point how did you first become involved with wrestling yeah so i'm just coming up to about three years i've been training for three but actively wrestling coming up on two which is really really new and i ended up just going to an indie show randomly one weekend you know i didn't grow up being this giant fan i didn't really know much about wrestling my friend said hey you want to go to a wrestling show this weekend i said absolutely i don't want to just keep going out and doing the same boring stuff you know every weekend let's try something new then i went to an indie show and ever since i've been in love with it so it was kind of just like a right place at the right time kind of deal and so you fall in love with it at what point did it click that you a could be a professional wrestler and then how did you say i want to do this so i actually ended up dating someone who was a wrestler and he was like you know i don't think you're cut out for this and i was like just let me try just let me try i ended up not doing it just because he wasn't really comfortable with me doing it and then two years later we broke up and I signed up for wrestling school the next day and I remember taking my first bump in the ring and being like this is where I belong like I was in tears it was the most ridiculous stupid sob story but I've been an athlete my whole life I've been a performer my whole life I danced for 15 years so I was like all right I really think that I can do something with this and so now you're coming out of this bad relationship I think we could safely call that how would you go about finding a wrestling school because that has been around for the last 20 years in wrestling so how'd you go about finding a wrestling school to train at So I was living in Long Island at the time and I was researching schools, of course, even before that, because I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try it. I don't care at this point because I just kept thinking about it. I immersed myself in wrestling. I went to every indie show I could. I went to every live event for WWE that I could. I was constantly watching it. So I kind of knew a little bit about the schools and about their reputations. And I came across Creative Pro, which I lived 20 minutes away from. And I was like, perfect. And the reputation of that school is amazing. And the training's amazing there. So I was like, all right, I'm going to end up trying to go there and stuck. And now let's talk about Creative Pro Wrestling Academy because it's owned by Kurt Hawkins and Pat Buck is also involved. I don't know if he is a co-owner or if he just does a lot of training there. Mm -hmm. But both are skilled and very respected wrestlers. Obviously, Kurt Hawkins is WWE. So what was your training like being part of that school and how was it broken up and how involved were both of those men? They're both extremely involved. Even when Kurt Hawkins is so busy with WWE, he was there once a week at least. The training was three or four days when I was there. There wasn't many girls and it was strenuous. They kind of threw us in with the boys and was like, figure it out. And I think that's really why I progressed so fast and I learned a lot was because we basically were thrown into the mix and told, let's do this, let's work hard. So I was there three, four hours a day, staying late, getting there early, really focusing on it. The training there is intense, but it's amazing. Being there, everyone's very supportive of one another and you really get really good exposure and really good opportunities through it as well. So it's a really, really good place to be when you're first starting, especially. 
And now you said you were an athlete all your life. So how did you adjust to the physical elements of wrestling? I was always in really good shape. I never expected <laughs> how different it is to be in shape and be in wrestling shape. It was a lot at once. You know, you need all the endurance, running around, trying to act, trying to talk at the same time. And then you need the physical strength to lift people and a base for people. And there's a lot of different moving parts, which I didn't realize. And it was a tough adjustment for me. I just ended up really trying to focus on doing drills that I could at home or at the gym that would really prepare me for my in-ring capability and then just practice just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and eventually your body gets a little bit more used to it but it was definitely really strenuous in the beginning and we just touched upon some of the psychological aspects what yeah. is that like to really understand how a match works and understand where a match is going and even how to pace a match and even how to sell a match i'm still so new that that's still a struggle for me it's a lot it really is a lot you don't realize until you're in front of a crowd how much there really is to focus on between portraying to the crowd and then telling a story and then remembering what you're doing it's a lot so i'm still kind of trying to find my place in all of that i think it's just a learning lesson you just keep doing it and you get better at it and one of the cool things about this school because we're going to start diving into your career at this point is that this school did put on shows yes. and you got the team with Lisa Viaro to face Izzy McKenna and Maria Manick. Liza Vieira is now uh, Chris Statlander. And then that was my first match. It was a tag match. It was really fun. They do put on shows still. So it was a really good experience. My whole family came. It was really good. I'm surprised at how well it went because it was my first match and we were all pretty new. Maria was a little bit more established and had been wrestling a little bit longer than all of us had. But it was a really good experience. And from there, it just kind of grew. And obviously, being that this was your first match, what were you feeling going into it, being that you were so new and that the other three women involved in this match were also pretty new? It was really nerve-wracking. I'm like a perfectionist to the nth degree, so I get very, very nervous before a match because I put a lot of pressure on myself. I still do to this day. Like, you have to see me. I'm an anxious mess for weeks before certain matches. So I was really nervous, and plus my whole family was there. It was the first time they were going to see me wrestle, so that was really nerve-wracking too. And also, I just wanted the support support and the good feedback from my peers just to keep doing it. You know, like, do I have a future in this? Is this something that I can still do? And even though it was my first match, I had all of these thoughts running through my head, but I still do it. I still put so much pressure on myself and I always hold myself to a high standard. And now to talk about your second match, which was against Tara Calloway, and she defended her bigger, better wrestling federations women's title against you. What is the story on how this match came about? And what is it like going up against Tara? She is a big woman to face. You know, I don't remember how this came about. I think my very, very good friend, Gino Gatz, I actually work with him every day. He was working there, and I think he suggested I come in. But yeah, that was one of the first times that I had wrestled as a heel, which was very new to me. And it was also one of the first times I wrestled someone I didn't know. So it was definitely really nerve-wracking because I was so new, and I just wanted to prove myself, and I wanted to make sure that I put on a good show. And you always think, oh, I want to be invited back. You know, I want to be that person that people go to when they think, oh, I need a women's wrestler. Oh, you know, I'm going to call Casey. So it's a really, really good experience, and I'm a 
petite person. I'm like 5'2". And a lot of the times I do wrestle people who are taller than me or bigger than me. So it kind of made me think outside the box on different ways that I could wrestle against somebody and, and a different kind of arsenal that I would have to pull out. But it was a really good experience. And now talking about unique experiences, your first year in wrestling was probably one of the most unique first years that I've had on this podcast. And you made your return to Create A Pro Academy, where you got to be in a triple threat with Chris Stradlander and Izzy McKenna. And this match included Sonny as the (laughs) special guest referee, which is arguably the first diva in WWE. So what was that like to be in the ring, A, with Sonny and with these other two women? I loved being in the ring with all of them. I mean, just Sonny, come on. You're going to be super excited to even meet her, be in the same room with her, let alone a ring with her. And also, the three of us girls were the only girls at CAP at the time. So it was really cool because we had trained together. Even to this day, I'm so comfortable working with them because we kind of know how each other acts, how we move and what we're going to do. So it was really cool cool because usually things would go really well for us. And Sunny was just so freaking cool. She's awesome. And she gave really good feedback and just really good advice. And it was just really an honor to be in the ring with people who are so established. And I love that they come back and they help out the little guys. And now to talk about your golden opportunity so far, you got a WWE opportunity, even though it was a squash match against Asuka. What is the story behind this? Because there's a lot of people who would kill for that opportunity. Yeah. So being at Creative Pro, like I said before, you get a lot of opportunity. So we ended up going to do extra work, which WWE, they have a whole bunch of backstage segments. They need stand-ins for a lot of stuff. It's not often that they need people to have squash matches or not often and for people to actually have matches in general on TV, especially on Raw or other things like that. So going into it, I wasn't expecting anything. I also had just gotten back from an injury. I technically wasn't supposed to be wrestling at this time. I had broken my nose really badly. Before I left, I took the tape off my nose and I put some cover up on my nose so you couldn't see all the marks from the stitches and everything else. And I was like, oh, I don't want to miss this. Even if it was just like extra work, I wanted the experience because it was such a huge opportunity just to be there and listen and observe and within, I think, 10 minutes of getting there. We got in a car accident. It was this whole big thing by the time we got to Baltimore. It was like a night from hell. But we ended up, me and Chris Statlander, we got to Baltimore, I think, 2 or 3 in the morning. And then we had to be at TV the next day at around 10 or 11. And I remember within 15 minutes of them being there, they were like, all right, you two, go see the doctor. You're going to have a match. And we're like, what? And, you know, of course, I'm like, I haven't trained in a month. I broke my nose. I'm freaking out. I wasn't supposed to tell them I broke my nose. I was like, what if they find out? It was this whole big thing. But long story short, we ended up having our match and they said okay you're wrestling Asuka tonight on TV and when I tell you I almost dropped dead I still like can feel like my heart's pounding right now just thinking about it but man oh man is something that I'm never gonna forget the amount of experience what I learned who I learned from whatever reason I was picked whatever reason I was there I am so grateful for the opportunity that I had and just the people that I met and the things that I learned that's something I'll never forget ever and what was it like to go out in front of thousands of fans which is your biggest crowd that you've ever done a match in front of, I would imagine, and millions of people watching. When I went out there, I was definitely in shock. I was out there with Ref Bennett, who was from New Jersey and was at WrestlePro and all these promotions that I came from. And he was like, look around, look around. And I was like, no. He's like, soak it in. And I was like, I'm freaking out right now. I remember JoJo was announcing and she's like, you're going to do great. Just relax. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, this is terrifying. And it's weird because 
because in New York State for the Athletic Commission, they take your blood pressure before every match and they make sure you're okay. And they did this the same in Baltimore. And my blood pressure is always really high because I'm so nervous. Well, this time my blood pressure was completely normal and I don't know why. I think I was just in such shock. I had to dig deep and figure out you're about to wrestle live in front of millions of people watching and thousands and thousands of people live in this arena. You better not mess up. You better go out there and give it everything you got because this could be your last opportunity. It could be your first and your last. And what did this match mean to you personally and professionally, considering it is such a golden opportunity that any time you can get in front of WWE, whether it be at a tryout or a squash match or a backstage segment, what did it mean for you? I'm still a little speechless, honestly. Asuka, especially, is somebody I idolize. And I want to wrestle in Japan. That's my number one goal right now. So being able to be in a ring and share a ring with someone so incredibly talented that I look up to so much. Number one was an honor to be featured on WWE television. This is something you never think is possible, especially being an indie wrestler. I come from a small town upstate. I never thought in a million years I'd be a wrestler, let alone be a wrestler on WWE on live TV. So I still can't even really find the words to express what it meant to me. And I don't think I ever will. And how do you feel that being on WWE and having this match helped your career, given that it happened so early? It got my foot in the door, honestly, to a lot of places. Before that, a lot of places weren't looking in my direction, even though I was showing up to their shows. Like, how can I help out? I was kind of just trying to really pay my dues and get as much experience as I possibly could. So it definitely opened the door for me and got me to a lot of promotions that I think I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And it really just backed my name up a little bit. So I think that definitely helped pissed a lot of people off. (laughs) It still pisses a lot of people off, but I'm really grateful and I'm really happy. And I think I was in the right place at the right time. But I also think me being there in that moment, I think I really deserved it. And now I want to back out of WWE and I want to talk about three more matches that really ended your 2017, starting with your match against Caitlin Diamond. So that was my first match at Northeast Wrestling. It's so funny that you're going back. I'm like, oh, 2017, like, where did I wrestle? But I have a list of actually all of the places that I've wrestled still on my calendar. So I can kind of keep track. But I love Caitlin Diamond. She's a Canadian. I love Canadians. She's super, super talented. I loved wrestling her. I want to wrestle her a million more times now that I have a little bit more experience and semi know what I'm doing not totally but i'm getting there so yeah it was really fun northeast was always so great to me that was an awesome awesome time and then you also wrestled at warriors of wrestling wow at their 10-year anniversary show where you faced c bunny and nikki adams with vanity as your partner who you've wrestled against and with all throughout so what was this match like and being part of a wrestling company's 10th year show that was really fun that was also my debut vanity is my girl she's one of my best friends she's gonna be a bridesmaid at my wedding so i always love wrestling with her against her no matter what we always have a good time we're always just laughing and it's like a party in there and nikki adams i actually knew her before i started wrestling so it's really awesome to get in the ring with her and i think she's such a talented wrestler and d bunny was coming from wrestle pro so we all kind of we're in the same boat. We just had a really good time. So that was really awesome to be a part of as well. And now we got to talk about Sienna because she is unbelievable <laughs> Midwest militia. She's done it all, really. So mm-hmm. what was it like to go up against Sienna, Allison Kay? What is the story behind this? 
So that was at WrestlePro. I got the opportunity to wrestle her, which was great. It was during a snowstorm. I remember that day being super, super stressful and not a great day for me. So I think it got in my head a little bit during the match, but she's such an incredible talent. She could carry anybody. Her attitude, her character, her talent, her athleticism. I mean, she's the full package and she's already huge, but she's going to be even bigger. And now we just went through your first year and you wrestled all of these women from Asuka to Sienna and everybody in between in about seven to 10 matches. What did you pick up from all these women being that you were so new and how did that impact your style as a wrestler and the way you approached the business? It told me I had a long way to go. It definitely was like, all right, you're here. You got to get to here. But it was just kind of chipping away. I took a little piece of every single match that I had that year, the goods and the bads. There's a lot of stuff I know I needed to get better at and change. And there's a lot of stuff that I was like, all right, maybe this works for me. Maybe this doesn't. So it was a really big big learning process and to do so much in my first year I was really really lucky and like I said even at creative pro like they threw me in the water and they were like all right swim so I think that really did help and that was the same with my matches like okay we're gonna throw you in figure it out so I think it definitely helped with me moving forward and learning on the fly and learning how to do things and learning how to wrestle different women and their styles and it molded me into my own wrestler and my own style and now we're going to jump into 2018, which was very busy for you. And we're going to start with Northeast Wrestling. And the first one I want to talk about who you wrestled is Karen You or Karen Q, who is now in NXT. What was it like going up against her? I love Karen. I know I keep saying I love people, but it's true. She's super talented. She was on my list for my first year that I wanted to wrestle her because I saw her name all over the place. And I was like, oh, she's so good. And I really respect true women athletes who are working their asses off. And again, I'm so appreciative that I got to wrestle in front of a ton of people and just really get that experience. And she made me a better wrestler every time I wrestled her. I've wrestled her three or four times now. And continuing with Northeast Wrestling here, we got to talk about the bad girl, Penelope Ford. Because you teamed up with her, I believe, in American Lucha 2. And then you faced her in Northeast Wrestling. What is it like to team up with her, wrestle against her, wrestle on the same shows with her? Is she really all that bad? She's a freak athlete. Some of the stuff she does just blows my mind. I was like, I wish I could do that. But she was really wonderful. We always have a great time, always laughing and smiling, and always learn a lot from her, too. And now we got to talk about a match that got you some attention in (laughs) Northeast Wrestling. And I can't even say it with a straight face because you teamed up with Hale Collins to take on Adria and Ron Zombie, which shocks some people. And you're going to fill in some context, but I had a feeling that people weren't expecting to see a certain side of you that came out during that match. When I first started at Northeast, I was super good. And then I just turned super bad. And it was so fun. Me and Hale had such a blast doing that. Unfortunately, Vic Delicious got really hurt and I was supposed to be with the both of them. And then things changed just because he broke his leg and it was just awful, awful thing. Thank God he's back. But me and Hale had so much fun together. Ron Zombie is the coolest MFR on the planet. It was so fun to just be in the ring with him. And Adira as well. We all had a blast. People definitely started seeing a new side of me with my hairspray and getting in people's faces. And I had so much fun. That whole storyline was just so much fun. And now going off of that, do you like being more of a face in wrestling? Or do you want to be more heelish? Or do you want to be an anti-hero? What is easier for you to do? It's funny. It varies. I love being a heel at places where I can be a really dirty heel, where it's not really a family show, where I can curse and be nasty and be a jerk. Because I don't want to say it comes natural, but it kind of comes natural. I'm not nasty in real life, regardless of what people say. 
really not. I pride myself on my character. So it's really fun to like flip the switch and just be complete jerk and just kind of get all my aggression out. And I got to do that in a lot of places, especially Northeast and now CZW. So I like doing that. But I also like if I get to go to a super family show and I like when little girls cheer for me. So it can go really either way. And now we're going to continue talking about Northeast Wrestling here because you got two really cool opportunities. Actually, three. Two against the same person and one against another awesome person who's killing it right now in Impact. And the first one we're going to talk about is Tennille Dashwood, also known as Emma, where you got to wrestle her twice. What was this like, considering that she has legitly worked her ass off from being probably one of the most underrated WWE superstars ever, more so than Kurt and his losing streak? (laughs) I have to take the shot, everybody. I have to take the shot. But even still, in all seriousness, she has gone from being massively underrated and even questioned about going on the indies, and she's proven a lot of people wrong. So what was it like wrestling her with all that going into it? Sunil is an awesome wrestler, but she's an awesome person. We really connected on a lot of different levels. Just with our personal lives, we went through a lot of similar things. So being out there and being able to kind of prove to people, you know, who we are in different ways was incredible. The first match I had against her was in my hometown. And I grew up watching baseball games at Dutchess Stadium. And then I got to wrestle at Dutchess Stadium, which was such a huge moment for me. I mean, my mom came. I had my fourth grade teacher come just because he saw it in the paper. That was probably one of the biggest highlights in my career especially against her and that was a big moment for me and then the second time I wrestled her I was a massive heel we had so much fun I remember some guy in the front row threw a full water bottle at my head they almost escorted him out and there's this whole thing and security was all pissed but we had a blast wrestling each other and I learned a lot from her and got a lot of great feedback so it was just really good experience and what was it like for you considering that you had a WWE match and then you're now wrestling a former WWE superstar I can't even explain it was just almost a shock that I was able to get that opportunity again that I got to wrestle somebody who was on such a big stage and she was killing it outside of WWE as well so that was really awesome for me to be able to kind of relate to her and just be like oh my god it must be so hard leaving something like WWE and then going on the indies but she's a workhorse and she's amazing and we both wrestled Asuka her last match I think was against Asuka and then my match was against Asuka so it was just kind of funny we would joke about it and then the other person you got to wrestle in this promotion is Taya Valkyrie and Taya is another one. In Lucha Underground, she's done amazing. In Impact, she's done some amazing things. Right now, she's in an amazing storyline as a champion. So what was it like going up against her, considering everything that she's done and a lot of the adversity that she has had to overcome? I remember they announced the match, and I didn't even know I was wrestling her. And I just saw it posted, and I just remember screaming and being like, is this real? Is this real? And me messaging the promoter and being like, oh, my God, why didn't you tell me? Oh, my God. Freaking out. Again, I know this is going to be really boring for some people. I was allowed to be able to be in the ring with some of the best female talent that I've ever seen, her being one of them. She is breaking barriers for women's wrestling, too. And I think even though she's a really big star, I think she's extremely underrated because she is one of the best female wrestlers in the world. And I will back that up every single day. And I learned an immense amount from her i'm still learning from her every time i watch her wrestle so that was a complete honor too and how do you feel that northeast wrestling trusted you enough to put you in the ring with both of these women considering that they really do bring a lot of attention that people recognize them fans recognize them and how do you feel that the company trusted you to be able to deliver a solid match with them 
Yeah, it felt really good that for the first time in a while at that point, I felt somebody believed in me. For a little bit, I was losing confidence in myself and my abilities. And the wrestling world's really tough on you mentally. So that kind of brought me back to life and was like, wow, they must see something in me to be able to handle these kinds of matches and to be given these opportunities. It was a really big deal for me. So it kind of lifted me out of this bad rut and brought me back into reality. And now the other company I want to talk about that you wrestled for in 2018 is Combat Zone Wrestling, where you frequently team up with this random guy named Brandon Kirk. And a few other wrestlers and you might be engaged to brandon kirk so what is the story of how the two of you met and how it evolved from there before we get into some of the teamwork that you've done when i met him i never had met him before i never even had heard of him randomly we just started talking and kind of evolved out of nothing but now here we are (laughs) we're engaged after we started dating and things became serious combat zone started putting us together and he's a crazy person in the ring so i've had to do some crazy stuff at combat zone but again i felt really awesome that people were entrusting me in these certain matches you know i got to wrestle at cage of death and i got to get a lot of opportunity there and it's been really fun to do it with someone that i love and let's talk a little bit about that and i want to talk a little bit about maybe behind the scenes a little bit so what is it like to have somebody who you are in a relationship with while you're on the road because a lot of wrestlers don't have that you know whether it's the husband or the wife you know one of them is at home or has a regular nine to five job how does that affect the two of you going to shows together whether you're wrestling on the same match or if you have single matches we both wrestle at different companies too so there are a lot of times that we're not together but the ones that we are it's really fun to have a road trip buddy even though he sleeps the whole time and i usually drive but it's really nice to have that support system with you and it's also really nice to have the support system in the ring with you because it makes you feel more comfortable especially with me when i have to do certain matches that i'm not super comfortable with it's really good to have that person that i really trust in there with me getting me through it and it's really nice to be with someone who's in the business because it can get really stressful at times and even at first when we got engaged i didn't even want to announce it because people are really judgmental and nasty but at the same time it's really nice to have someone with you that understands your struggles daily that understands what you're going through that can help you progress as an athlete and as a person so you know i think the good outweighs the bad when it comes to this kind of stuff and it's been just really awesome having him as like a mentor and just a friend in there and now i want to talk a little bit about what people actually see in the ring and you have had quite a few matches with each other in 2018 and 2019 and i want to just go through some of them starting with shook crew which was was Bobby Orlando and Bryce Donovan and Chris Stratolander defeated Brandon Kirk, DJ Hyde, and yourself. What was this match like, considering that it was one of your first matches that you guys teamed up together? I trained with all of them, so I was comfortable in there. I trusted them, and it was fun. That was a really low-stress match. That was the first time I did a really big spot. I dove off a balcony at the House of Independence, so that was really crazy, and I was really nervous for that. But That was my first big spot that I ever had in a match, so that was really cool. I wrestled all of them, I think, a trillion times. Caster used to train me and Bryce Donovan. I broke his wrist training one time. We all go way back. And of course, me and Chris never wrestled her a trillion times. So it was easy. It was a fun match. And I think we all just had a good time and put on a good show. And speaking about that big spot, what is going through your head during that big spot that you have to do that you're jumping off a balcony? How do you prep up for that? 
You don't. What I've realized in CCW is you do not prep for anything. You just go and you pray and you hope you don't die. So that's basically what my motto is going <laughs> through all of this stuff. But I wasn't up that high and I had a bunch of people down below to catch me. So the only thing I was concerned about was tripping because I remember being up there and there was a whole bunch of folding chairs below me. And every time I would step, like I would fall through a chair. So that was terrifying. But And another match you had was a three-way nine-man match with Young, Dumb, and Broke, which was Charlie Tiger, Ellis Taylor, and Jordan Oliver. Again, with Brandon Kirk, DJ Hyde, and yourself versus the Shook Crew, which was Bobby Orlando, Bryce Donovan, and Max Caster. So what was that match like, and how did it just differ from a traditional six-man tag match? It was just crazy. A lot of those guys have crazy over-the-top characters. It was nice to be in the ring with another female I haven't been in the ring with before I was in there with Valentina. So it was nice to just get that other experience. And that was back at the Coliseum where CZW performs regularly. So that was my first time in front of those fans over there. Again, just a whole bunch of people doing some crazy stuff, just getting to show their stuff in front of a different kind of audience. So I always like working there because I can just be over the top and ridiculous and get away with it. And you were also in a eight-man tag team hardcore match with, again, your fiance. And a bunch of other people, including Maria, was in there. Jimmy Lloyd was in there. Dan O'Hara was in there. What was that match like, considering that it was hardcore and that you have eight people in the ring? And I would imagine it can get messy and violent. Oh, it did. It did. So that was at Cage of Death, and that was at the ECW Arena. So automatically, when I was told I was doing it, and they said it was at the ECW Arena, I was like, I'm doing it. I don't care, because I love ECW. I'm Tommy Dreamer is like one of my heroes. For me, that was a huge opportunity. And it was a hardcore match. Like, you know what? What other place to do it at Cage of Death, one of the biggest shows CCW puts on at the ECW Arena? Like, hell yes. And I was really nervous when I found out. I was anxious about this match for probably months before because I don't want to be the only one in the ring not doing something hardcore because every other person in that ring with me was a somewhat hardcore wrestler. So they all had done death matches. They had all done all these crazy things. And I was the only person going into that match that hadn't done that before. And I knew the fans were going to want to see me die. I knew they're going to be like, okay, that girl, we want to see her dead. And we're all crazy heels. So I was like, all right, I'm going to have to do some crazy stuff. And I did. I took thumbtack bump. I did a hurricanrana to the outside and we totally missed the table we were supposed to go through and went straight to the floor. <laughs> that was painful. Did some things through doors and barbed wire and it was nuts, but it was so much fun. It was very painful. I did not really enjoy that aspect of it, but the fans were insane and it was just such an awesome experience. And let's speak a little bit about that because people think that getting put through a table doesn't hurt. People think that getting smacked with a chair doesn't hurt. People think that barbed wire isn't real in wrestling. So given that it is real and that it is painful, how do you feel that the fans reacted to that? And what do you say to people that don't realize what you do actually is hurtful? Well, CCW fans always know when it's gimmicked and when it's not. So they will call you out on it. They know everything we're doing in there is real. That's why they have such real reactions. So the people who think it's fake, I could show you scars on my nose from getting it busted open and literally almost losing my nose off my face. Brandon's scars are the most disgusting thing I've ever seen from death matches. So his whole back and barely see his skin. So it's really painful. And a lot of the death match guys will say, that bump isn't that bad or that isn't that bad. It's bad. For somebody who has a high pain tolerance, who doesn't normally do these types of things yes it hurts the barbed wire is not cut we're going through barbed wire i'm landing on thumbtacks i'm flipping into doors it does hurt and you feel it for two weeks and the blood is real that was my blood in that match 
it's real and it's frustrating when people downplay it because I get they want to see the acting aspect. I understand that as well. But what we're doing in there, the physical aspect is 10,000% real. And we're putting our bodies on the line every single time we step in that ring, regardless of what we do. And now we're going to jump a little bit to 2019 with Combat Zone Wrestling. And you and Brandon had a tag team death match against Maria and Mitch Vallon. So, A, what is a death match? Because we've been speaking about it all this time, and I'm not too sure if everybody is familiar. And then what was it like for you and your fiancé to be involved in one together? Oh, I think that was a regular match. But the cage match was a death match. That match ended up being just a regular tag match. But they're all crazy, and Maria and Mitch are nuts. So I was feeling that for probably two weeks afterward. Just from the stuff that we did, Brandon got shoulder-pressed onto me, which I'm surprised I didn't break all of my ribs to be completely honest, but he broke his nose. Like I said before, it's really fun being in there. He does this deathmatch stuff and hardcore stuff all the time. So he's really comfortable with it and he's really good at it. So when I have that kind of support in there with me, I know I'm going to be fine. And obviously in all these matches, you and Brandon have a unique connection, but how do you feel that you connect with other people in all these matches when they come in as a team yeah. with you, like DJ Hyde. So sometimes you're not going to vibe with all of the people that you work with. It's just we're people. It is what it is. There's a lot of people that I don't necessarily vibe with. But in wrestling, it's a team effort. And some people lose sight of that. We have to work together to make this match amazing for the fans, for ourselves, for everybody, really. So it really is a team effort. You kind of have to put that personal stuff aside. Or sometimes your styles may clash with each other and you have disagreements on certain things. But you just really have to put those things aside and kind of compromise and figure out what the best possible outcome is going to be for the show. But there's a lot of people I love wrestling. There's a lot of people that I didn't wrestle before that I ended up really trusting in the ring. There's just some people you just connect with some people you have really good chemistry with and other people you don't so you kind of have to just take it for what it is and now i want to back out of combat zone wrestling for a little bit and talk about some of your other single matches all throughout 2018 and a little bit into 2019 and one of the matches that i want to talk about is you had a match in new york wrestling connection where you were involved in their title picture against willow nightingale and tara calloway throwback to one of your earlier matches what was it like going up against willow who obviously right now is recovering from surgery, but she is one of the best wrestlers out there. It's funny because that was the first show that I ever saw was at NYWC. That's what got me into wrestling. So it was really cool to wrestle in that building, to wrestle against both of them. They're both great wrestlers. They both have amazing names behind them. So it was just really nice to be a part of it. It was a really fun crowd. And I got to be back in Long Island where I lived a lot of my life. So just really special. It was really fun. And then another match was Team New York versus Team Philadelphia, where you <laughs> faced Ali Rex, Billy Avery, and yeah. Dick Justice. And yeah. on your team, you had Casey Navarro and you had Richard Holiday. What was this match like? Being that you were representing New York and that you could have shamed us all from New York yeah. if you didn't win. So Gino actually was managing us, Gino Gotts, and he's like my brother. And Casey Navarro is like my little brother. I love him to death and he's doing giant things. So shout out to Casey for killing it right now. That match was just crazy. It was a lot of craziness. I love Allie Rex. I've wrestled her quite a few times and it's always been really fun. because She's one of my close friends. So there's a lot of really awesome people. And, you know, Richard Hall just got signed to MLW and he's been doing big things. And everyone in that match has 
a name behind them and is doing really well. So it was fun to be in the ring with a whole bunch of characters. And what is it like for you? And I've asked this already in this interview, sort of, but I'm going to ask it again to be in the ring with a bunch of people who have a name behind them or are really starting to build a name and you are really at the start of that. Yeah, it makes you work harder. It makes you want people to recognize that you can hang, that you can do great in a match and you can stand out. So that's one thing I've definitely been working on now that I'm wrestling more and I'm branching out to different companies. You know, I'm going to be in California this year and hopefully some other places I can announce soon. But it's just really cool to be able to get the opportunity, but then I have to kick down the door. So being in the ring is great that you're with people that are established who are going to make you look good, but then you got to make yourself look good too. And now the last thing I want to talk about is Nova. And you were just recently involved in Nova and you were involved in, I guess, a six scramble match with Quinn McKay. Gamma Cross was in there. Vanity was in there. To name a few, what was it like for you to have five competitors to worry about in that match? I'm used to them by now. It's more fun. It can get kind of crazy. And I just like being in the ring with a bunch of women that I've never been in before and a bunch I have. So that was really fun. And one of the things about this match, I don't know how you feel about this match, but how do you feel about stockings and how important are stockings to wrestling gear? (laughs) Interesting question. It came out of your tweet. Oh, oh yeah, it did actually. Well, it is because if you wear the wrong color, they completely wash you out. And that's what happened with me because if you have good stockings, actually, side note, when I was at WWE, I had really nice stockings and I realized when I pulled them out that I had giant rips in them and I could not wear them on television. And Alexa Bliss actually gave me a pair of her stockings that I would wear because I was hyperventilating. I was so nervous. So stockings, yes, they are important. And I remember running around trying to find a dance store that I could get good stockings at last minute because of course, I do everything last minute. I work full time. So I have no time during the week. And then I was like, all right. So I got a pair. And then I ended up being in the car about three hours into the trip. I noticed, oh, crap, I forgot my stockings. So then I had to go to Walgreens and get these awful stockings. And they were just terrible. And a lot of people don't wear stockings, but I do. Just in case you have a wardrobe malfunction, you want to make sure you're prepared. So that to me, it's important. And now to continue talking about Nova, right now they're having some issues and you're a part of it. Your fiance is a part of it. I don't think that's a secret. It's out on Twitter, everybody. So what is going on, at least from your end? And Ethan Page has spoken about this. Those are the names that are very public about this. And there are several others if everybody does their research on this. Just for complete clarity, what is going on, at least on your end? Yeah, I'm going to speak for myself on this. And I know that there had been issues tweeted about it prior and I had seen that before I agreed to work with them and I was still agreeing to work with them because I was like you know what I've never been there I'm gonna go experience it for myself you never know you can't really go off what everybody says all the time because sometimes that'll screw you because people are opinionated and if you don't know the person personally who's saying these things you don't know if you can trust it just to give Uh, a little background what were some of those tweets that were being said not to speak out of context of those people but what was the general consensus of those tweets I just remember seeing that people weren't getting paid and people were getting gypped on pay and things like that. It was just this whole Twitter fiasco. But again, I don't know any of these people personally. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go. And it was a really reputable company. People seemed to really enjoy working there. So I was like, all right, I really want to work there too. So I renewed my Virginia license. I was excited to be in front of a new crowd. Side note, the crowd is amazing at Nova. They were probably top three crowds I've ever been in front of. Not a ton of people, but super, super invested and so fun. I had never gotten a reaction to my entrance music like that. And it was the best thing ever. So that was 
was great. Me personally had to wait about a week for the rest of my money. I got paid a very small portion of it and then waited a week to get it back. So that was my experience. As wrestlers, especially if people aren't working full-time, I do. I don't make that much money full-time. I have a life outside of this. So it costs us a lot of money to travel. And granted, yes, we're paying our dues and we're new. But it's still, if we're agreeing to something and we're agreeing to pay and the promoter is agreeing to pay it, it's important that they pay it. If they have an issue with it, they shouldn't have you on the show or whatever the case is. I know some people who went to Nova and who left without any money, who used every last cent to get there from tolls and gas and literally couldn't get home. So it was hard to see that. It was hard to see a lot of people like, when am I going to get paid? Me, on the other hand, I'm very non-confrontational. I don't like issues. I don't like drama. I try to keep to myself. And I went home with barely enough to get me home. So it was an issue. And it did take me a week to get the rest of my money. I did get the rest of my money, but a lot of people either didn't get their full pay or it was just this whole big thing. So I think people started rallying together because it was an all-woman show. So that was also a thing. It was just hard for everyone to kind of rationalize why you wouldn't get paid when you were told you were going to get paid. It's a whole messy thing, but I think a lot of people in the end wanted to support everybody else who wasn't getting paid, even if they did get paid. I know a lot of people pulled off their shows afterwards, but you know, social media is a crazy powerful thing, man. So if you get behind the right person or the wrong person, it could really end up hurting you in the end. So. And now I think that's a really good place to stop, but I do want to talk a little bit about what advice you have for people who want to get into wrestling. I could write a book on my advice (laughs) about wrestling. Honestly, love what you do. Put everything into what you do. Have a lot of confidence and a really, really, really thick skin. And if you do not have a thick skin, work up to having a thick skin because this can destroy you not to sound really cynical but if you want it 10,000% go after it don't let anybody tell you you can't and trust in yourself you are the only person that you trust really trust in yourself and just follow your heart and don't let anybody else stop you or affect you negatively just keep doing what you want to do and that's kind of my line for life as well just don't let anybody bring you down because people are going to try to but just stay true to you and really live up your life to the fullest and then finally i would like to give you an opportunity to promote yourself do you have a facebook twitter instagram website my twitter is casey lynn Catal, but it's at Casey Cattell, so that's the same. And then my Instagram is Casey Lynn Cattell, L-Y-N-N-E. So you can search me, follow me, be nice to me, because if you're a jerk, I'll delete you. As always, everybody, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. And it can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitch Radio, and anywhere else where you listen to your podcasts. And I would just like to thank Casey Cattell for taking the time out of her day to sit down with us and have a fantastic interview with her. And while you wait for next week's episode, everybody, you can definitely check me out at popanimecomics.com for articles relating to anime, comics, and pop culture, as well as give me a follow on Twitter at popanimecomics. Follow me on Instagram, popanimecomics, like my Facebook page. I need the likes really badly. That is popanimecomics. I have a pro wrestling t-shirt shop up. All you got to do is type popanimecomics on there. It's an elf holding a steel chair, and she's ready to fight. And until next week, everybody, have a wonderful week.